right there, you are exactly where you should be. And that is a WBGR with your favorite host, and that is me, myself, Dante. I hope everyone is well. Thank you for tuning in. Um, today we are going to talk about something um, literary based. So we are talking about Native Son by Richard Wright. If you don't know about this book, I highly encourage that you check it out. But you can still listen to this because, you know, it's not only about the book, it is about um, the thematic um, impact of this book. So there are a lot of things that this book covers, and it's basically all race relations. Everything in the early 90s that you could possibly think of, it's covered in here, or at least talked about. This Richard Wright did an excellent job of um, allocating all the key points of african-american um struggles hardships and some upsides so i'm gonna touch on a few things which is what i usually do i always choose a few key points and we are going to settle in and let's have a talk so first off i want to talk about um, the programs or organizations that were established to for to to make the lives of the African Americans better because, you know, it's always been a struggle. So, um, first, let's talk about the NAACP. Now, according to the editors of History.com, it says the NAACP or the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People was established in 1909 and is America's oldest and largest civil rights organization. It began um, its central agenda, I'm paraphrasing this, its central agenda was um, anti-lynching, right? And it's what it sounds, anti-lynching. Um, and then towards the civil rights era in the 50s and the 60s, they went on to win major legal victories. And now they have more than 2,200 branches nationwide or worldwide and about a half a million members worldwide um it has been supported by many many you know many members that you probably know um even some white progressive so um we have w.e.b du bois ida wells uh, archibald grimke and mary church terrell uh, you should probably look those people up but um, another one is the United Negro College Fund. Now, not many people know about this because it's basically, it, it focuses on HBCUs, scholarships, students attending HBCUs. But all it is is uh, their motto is a mind is a terrible thing to waste. And um, they award more than 10,000 student scholarships every year, always worth over $100 million. And um, they provide financial support to 37 historically black colleges and universities. Uh, they serve as the nation's leading advocate for the importance of minority education and community engagement. Now, all of this goes to say is that there has always been not many, but there has always been a group or organization that cared for the black community and that you know, that's, it's not common because as we see, even, even today, there are a lot of, um, social situations where certain communities, not even just African-Americans or blacks, but certain, um, groups are underrepresented and they don't have the correct, 
not correct, but they don't have enough backing. They don't have the support that everyone wishes that they have, um, considering it being a predominantly white nation. So, I mean, that all goes to say there is something out there and there is something to find to help yourself. Today, in in 2020, there is no excuse to say that um, you're alone and that you're in this pro in this struggle alone because you're not. There's organizations. There are people. There are people probably around the corner from you from you that would probably help you. So, I mean, you know, as this this is going to be a bit controversial, but sometimes if you feel that you're stuck. It just may be your fault because you're not trying to push yourself forward. You're not trying to reach out. You're not trying to learn. You're not trying to do your research. Um, that goes to say that Bigger and his family, uh, circumstances were different back then. But, I mean, this has been around since 1909, since the earliest of the 1900s. And even some organizations back then. I know neighborhoods used to have, um, um, they, they would collect money. For the people going off to college, or they will collect money to help each other with rent or groceries or, you know, bringing a new child because it takes a village. And this is what these organizations are doing. So, you know, I I, I can't really say that it, it's okay to pull the no one is here to help me card in 2020 because there are plenty of people to help you. If, and if you really think they aren't, then you should probably find that, you know, you're either looking in the wrong places or you don't know the right people, but it's hard to not look in the right places because the internet literally covers anything that you could possibly want. Even when, even if it's not just um, money, even, even if you need to find your identity, these, there are plenty of people that can help. There are articles to read. There are books to read. There many people have set down, a path for you to follow so you can find yourself and help yourself. No one can hold anyone's hand because, you know, is that's just not how the world works. So in summary for for that part, basically there there are things in place to to help people. You understand? So next I want to talk about um, two topics tie into this. I want to talk about the news uh, slash media portrayal of blacks, or specifically to go into this book, Black Men. Now, if, if you haven't read the book, I'm sorry, spoiler. But basically, um, what happens is Bigger, Bigger Thompson, he gets, or Bigger Thomas, I'm so sorry, um, he murders a white girl of a high profile white lady and um he he gets away with it for like a couple of days and then he finally gets caught and the the new the media lashes out on him so in an article about him um for my readers you can go to page 279 but it states um he looks exactly like an ape exclaimed a terrified young white girl who watched a black slayer being loaded onto a stretcher after he had fainted. Though the Negro killer's body does not seem compactly built, he gives the impression of possessing abnormal physical strength. He is about five feet nine inches tall and his skin is exceedingly black. His lower jaw protrudes obnoxiously, reminding one of a jungle beast. His arms are long, hanging in a dangling fashion to his knees. 
It is easy to imagine how this man and the grip of brain-numbing sex passion overpowers little Mary Dawson, the the white woman I spoke about, raped her, murdered her, beheaded her, he did, then stuffed her body into a roaring furnace to destroy the evidence of his crime. His shoulders are huge, muscular, and he keeps them hunched as if about to spring upon you at any moment. And I'll just stop right there. Um... I don't think, um, I mean, there's not much, not much commentary that I could say after that, that, um, you know, it, it, it's as clear as day. And that's what the media was. Um, someone African-American commits a crime and then with, um, news companies, basically they, they manipulate the story into a way to, to become a microcosm, to become an example of the entire community. Um, comparing bigger to a jungle beast or saying that he looks like he's ready to pounce on anyone at any moment is nothing new. Um, the blacks have always been portrayed as aggressive. Um, they've always been portrayed as, um, you know, not only dark skinned, but dark on the inside that, you know, if there's something wrong with them, that half of the black community is psychotic and they always want to rob or kill. And that that view comes from the media. The media spreads not necessarily lies, but the exaggerated truth. And, you know, it 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 changes the way that you see a person. So um, there's an organization called. Um, I don't want to misquoted it's called the opportunity agenda and basically they talk about um they talk about diverse situations and you know and they 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 just make conversation on it so they made an article about media portrayals and black male outcomes and here are some of the points it reads for various reasons media of all types collectively offer a distorted representation of the lives and reality of black males in turn, media consumption negatively affects the public's understandings and attitudes related to black males, sometimes including the understandings and attitudes of black males themselves. Finally, these distorted understandings and attitudes towards black males lead to negative real-world consequences for them. And I'll give you a second to think about that because Um, if, if you ever thought about it, or if you've never heard the expression, um, it, it's, it's been commonly taught in, in black families for black males to never leave the store. Like, let, um, you know, nowadays with the, the self checkouts, um, you can just grab something, check out, buy it, and then, you know, walk out the store. But, um, you're not supposed to, you're quote unquote, you're not supposed to leave without a plastic bag. And that's because you don't want anyone accusing you of theft. But why would they accuse you of theft if you just walked out and bought it? But, I mean, that, that's just another thought-provoking question. So, basically, all of this is saying that the media, with so much control over what you hear, what you see, um, and what you, what you know, they can formulate... Um, 
they can formulate their opinions into your mind and then that changes your view and your thoughts and then that ends up changing your thoughts intrinsically that affects you the more that you hear because then you then you think to second guess yourself um going in the store walking down the street you know like uh, what what if i do end up with a tendency to you know like do do i fit this description does my brother fit this description do my friends fit these descriptions are you know are these things true and then the community begins to believe it and then you know th- there's a casual link between media and public attitudes and it doesn't take much it just take it takes an article it takes a broadcast it takes it takes one statement from a quote unquote notable person and then now views are changed and then the the rep of of a person is distorted and you know i i don't think that it's fair and then that ties into my third topic which is the dynamics of power and race so i mean it's it it's a broad topic and you probably know a, a lot about it the dynamics of power and race, but let's go in, back into depth with the media portrayals. The news companies that that were putting these things out, the newspapers and on the television, um, they were white owned. There, there were no large black television stations to to portray any news because blacks were always on the news about something negative. So because that, um, you know, the predominantly white nation has to listen to a predominantly white-owned, or 100% white-owned everything, media, everything, media outsourcing, um, it's easy to change the views of at least half the nation. It's easy to, to sway a, a person into a certain direction if you can't hear more than one side of the story, and that's all you get in this. Um, you know, the African-American community has been fighting for a voice since forever, and even still today like it, it of course race relations are much better but they're never where they should be because you know there's always some some microaggressions some unfair institutions some um informality but i mean it it just goes to show this this was early 1900s um so I mean, this this is in the 1930s, and it's 2020, and it's still happening. So that's why I want to say earlier in, in the podcast that everything that he is saying in this in this book in this story, um, it's it is prevalent. It it doesn't go away. This stuff is it's forever, sadly. And even if racism does uh, one day magically vanish, he will, um, you know his thoughts, Richard Wright's thoughts, and everyone else's um, propositions, 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 sorry, um, to this issue, they'll, they'll forever stay because, you know, it, it was, it was a thing. So maybe in the year 3000, after I've been gone for a while, um, it, it's sad to think about that this will this is ingrained in the minds of the American heart and even the world's heart, but probably not as bad as in America. But, um, yeah. So I hope you think about this. Um, 
you know, a couple people got back to me uh, my last after my last podcast. And we had a couple of conversations. I thought that was pretty cool. So, you know, any feedback, I would love it. Anything that I can do to make the listening experience better, I appreciate that wholeheartedly. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you come back next time. Uh, This is me signing out. See you.